Hi, and welcome to this episode of The RPG Show. My name is Brent, I'm your host, and with me today, I have Nick El Maestro Gantner. What's happening, brother? I don't know about Maestro, I'm not much of a composer or a musical connoisseur, I guess. I just How about a DJ? Listen. Can you be a DJ? This could be. Spinning That's the hits. easy. Just, well, nowadays, all you really got to do is get a flash drive, put a fucking playlist on, and then... That's it. Click play. Or then, just, uh, just be good at jumping around Spotify. I, I guess. Mean, apparently, there's like an, an art to it where you're supposed to read the room and shit. Uh, I'm not any good at that, so no, fuck it. Yeah, no. I could barely read books, let alone the room, so fuck that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's uh, it's great. Uh, what you been up to, man? What you been after? Uh, trying to plat Kingdom Hearts two. Yeah, I noticed it, like because so I asked. That's the reason. So it, we're going right into the holidays. It's the holiday weekend. Um, it's been busy, so we're doing a pretty simple show here. I know everybody's gonna groan, but we're combining list and music episode and talking about our top five OSTs. But uh, I seen you on PlayStation playing the remix, and I was wondering. I was like. Why hasn't he played uh, Birth by Sleep yet? And then I realized you were probably trying to do all that super, super duper grindy stuff on Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, I'll probably, I probably have no choice but to just say fuck it and do and kind of not. To, I don't want to speed run the story or whatever in Birth by Sleep, but I might have to just skip all the extra shit for the time being to get it done. Go back to finish Kingdom Hearts 2 and then... Probably what do Dream Drop Distance? Is that the yeah. next one we're doing after that? Yeah. And then go back and try to finish up Birth by Sleep, and then do a little point <laughs> point two or whatever won't be too bad. Uh, by the time no, no. March three will be out. So like, oh boy, we're gonna do that one now. No. Jesus, it's only but because you're that, you're doing stupid platinum stuff. Well, yeah, and that's the whole reason why I've been kind of sidetracked because people I have been boosting trophies with for. A while are like because they I haven't done anything with them for, for a couple of months and then all of a sudden they're all hard up for getting certain games done because apparently they're uh, taking online stuff off. Well, yeah, like there's something about the devs getting um like busted for like tax evasion or some shit or somebody there was doing some shady shit with money laundering or something. I don't really know for what game. But, uh, uh, it's fuck. I don't know who the the. Dev is they've done Syndicate and they've done fuck they've done some other shit. Hold on, it's not really important. No, I guess. I guess. Oh, there's the game. Um, it's like Starbreeze or some shit. Okay. Starbreeze Studios. Yeah, I'm not sure what else they've done. Uh, because I don't really give a fuck. But uh, apparently somebody there has done some really shady shit, so now everybody's freaking out because they're like, oh man, there's no official word yet, but there's probably going to close servers down and blah, 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 and do all this kind of shit. And I'm like, all right, wow. so I happen to have a couple of the games they have, and they're like, I've already beaten them or whatever, and so they're, I'm, vol- I'm volunteering my time to help them out because they've helped me out on other stuff. No, there you go. I mean, it's, but, it's whatever. I mean, we... It is what it is, man. But you, are you feeling how much worse the Kingdom Hearts 2 trophy grind is than the first one? Oh, yeah. The first one, you could be done with the game in like 40 hours, if yeah. that. This one is stupid. What the fuck? It's yeah. like they took, they're like, hey, I, I know we had some bonus stuff in the last game, but uh, now we've got bonus stuff 
on your bonus stuff on your bonus stuff. Yep. How do you like basically. that? Like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no. Have, you, have so, you tried Lingering Will yet? Have you fought him? No, I've been doing... Uh, I'm trying to work on the synthesis shit. Oh, okay. I think I only have, like, three more items to do, but I've got to beat some of the... Uh, oh, man, some of those... That farming that stuff for the synthesis stuff is so bullshit. Yeah. I will, I'm not having too much problems with it because I started with, like, three fucking Lucky Luckies from playing on critical mode. I guess. So I... I but think have you got biggest... to where you're farming the stuff in the Cave of Remembrance with the one ad that drops the shit you need? Uh, yes and no. I've run through it a couple times, but I'm not actively doing that because I think you have to get like to where the synthesis shop sells every material. Because uh, you can't get to sell every material, but well, it's yes. whatever, whatever ones, will yeah. unlock. Yes. That. So yeah, I've got like thirty out of fifty or some shit, whatever the fuck it is. I'm but, like like most of that stuff you use for nothing. Like the yeah. like uh, it's the it's the super duper rare stuff that you can't unlock on the vendor that you need a bajillion of to synthesize yeah. all the items plus their pluses so yeah I've, I've only got two of those i have to do something with the serenity crystal at use use a serenity crystal on it when i'm remaking it or whatever to make it the next fucking special mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. plus yep. and i've got two of the items left from killing the data dudes or whatever so i've got to fight i i know i have to fight them all at least one time for the fucking stupid item you get the chest you get for the proof of nothingness or some shit. Yeah, but so you you also have to you also have to beat their harder versions too. Well, I know that's what I'm talking about. Like oh. go to that stupid room where you yeah. fight them all and they're pumped up and shit. I think you have to Speaking beat them of, all for the journal. Marluxia was bullshit until yeah. I kind of figured out what the hell I was doing against him. Yeah, no, like because the counter instead of having your health is kind of counterintuitive. So. Well, I didn't realize it was a reflection of what your current level is because I was yeah. wondering why it was like level six. It was sixty-two. I'm like, that's a random fucking number. What the hell? That's your level. And then it was uh, like cobbling my ass. I couldn't get out of the shit. That Donald and Goofy to get melted by his three fucking black orb things. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever. And then it's I saw a reaction yeah. command once about like doing the count thing. I'm like, oh, so obviously I'm not supposed to get hit. That's probably the first thing I should try doing. Yeah. And then your reaction stuff. Oh yeah, this is much easier. Yeah, it's it's basically dodging around until you can hit the reaction command. So, um But yeah, no, um that's that's basically it. Um you're out of Epic Seven. I'm pretty much out of Epic Seven. I think everybody except Skith is is out. So yeah. it's fun like, while I, it lasted. But like I said in the Discord, I'll probably try the Langrister game out. Okay, when's that coming out? Probably first well, sometime in January, apparently. Okay. They said early next year and Whatever. Like, did you ever play Fire Emblem Heroes? Mm, yes. Because I think I played that for like a week. But uh, apparently they're going to be sort of similar. Or at least that's what some people are saying. Like it's going to. It's going. Apparently, some people are saying it's going to be better than Fire Emblem Heroes. I'm like, okay, all kind of whatever. It's not hard. Yeah, <laughs> so whatever. I don't even know. Um, I like. I do like the. Cause I watched a, vi a video on it of some dude playing the beta, beta, or whatever, and. Uh, it looks interesting, like it's a bit more deep than a lot of other mobile games, so that'll be interesting, because there's like there's a weapon triangle, then there's like a magic triangle, and then there's uh, like three classes that are, are like neutral to everything. So I guess it'd be like some juggling. Apparently you can unlock like 50 fucking sets of soldiers for each character. 
and there's like 12 class changes and shit you can do like not that much obviously i'm being hyperbolic but uh like like apparently the super super rare characters can like class change like three three different trees and they can do it like three times each so you can pretty much customize your units every like all right that'll be that'll be fun i guess well like i said i haven't uh (laughs) i haven't played a whole lot of video games this week uh like at all so uh, i got nothing to report as far as that goes i've made progress in birth by sleep but that was last week so um yeah no i'm uh, well it's been two weeks since the last show so yeah so i mean that one week's enough yeah whatever that's just where i'm at so uh I think that's it. So basically what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about our top five uh, favorite soundtracks. And from each of them, we've picked two tracks that we think uh, sort of exemplify um, that for us or whatever, just highlights or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I would say that you're going to be talking about your top five track uh, OSTs. I'm going to be talking about the five I picked and the songs I picked. God, Nick just refuses to try and like come together with like a like a, a list. I know it's it's all whatever. Some people aren't into ranking things or whatever, but it's uh, it's very difficult for me. Yeah, because I, I think music when it comes to music on this show, like neither one of us are are music music majors. Really, uh, we we don't. Uh, I took three years of piano. It's about all I got, and it. Uh, all we can talk it's about like, is how the music uh, makes us feel, what we like about it, and that kind of thing. Um, I would like to talk about how some of these um, soundtracks like fit into the overall like theme or atmosphere of a game, because I think uh, music is important to all games, but I think it's tremendously important to uh, RPGs, because it just helps set the mood so much um especially in the the earlier days before stuff could be real pretty and like a lot of what's happening on screen is left up to your like mental interpretation the um the music there really helps set the mood you know definitely so i think that's why when you look at like the best um video game music of all time type things most of the things on the list are RPGs. Now, it's also important in games like platformers as well because the music needs to kind of set a pace and sort of um, build atmosphere there as well. It's less important in your, you know, first-person online shooter because I think most people don't even listen to the music in those games. They either get team chat or their own music playing over it. So um, not to say the music in those games are traditionally bad. I just think they're less important than... um, the um, effectiveness of music in, in an RPG. I actually f- discovered a couple of weeks ago through Epic 7 that apparently a lot of people don't pay attention to the story of video games regardless. Uh, well, which was a, like Epic a, 7 a, was a whole other fucking bag, man. That shit was boring. I don't care what you say. Well, I mean, in general, like I feel like a lot of people that play FPSs don't really give a fuck about the plot. Oh, no. They're just in there to kill shit, and like, there's no plot in racing games. And Some racing games, like uh, like your traditionally, traditionally your Need for Speeds have a plot, um, but those games have gotten real super garbage in the past uh, decade. So, okay, 
Well, I don't really play. Race. I only play like party racers, I guess. So. Nothing's more atrocious than them putting microtransactions on a fucking Need for Speed game because I already got to pay for the game. Why are you gonna add more microtransaction game? It, uh, it fucking just blows. Because somebody my mind. buys it. I guess it just kind of blows my mind. But I mean, because I I still like racing games. Like Burnout Paradise is amazing. Like I picked it up on uh on one of the sales recently for like twelve bucks or whatever it was. That's a good game. I mean, if you're into racing games, but. And then, you know, your sports games, as far as OSTs goes, they always use licensed music. Even most racing games use a lot of licensed music, unless it's, uh, like, kart racers tend not to use licensed music. But if it's, like, a Need for Speed or a Burnout or something like that, you know, um, NASCAR. Well, we've got that uh, going for the, I don't say casual gaming, but, you know, broad appeal type of thing. Yeah, no, I mean... Most people who aren't hardcore... Would prefer mm-hmm. to be listening to music that they also listen to. Yeah, well, well, they also use that license license music to set a uh, to also kind of set a theme because a lot of these uh, racing games like that are kind of like locale based or like uh, like set in a certain like time period. So, like, think about what like the GTA games always did with their license music. Like, if the game's supposed to be set in the eighties, they play a lot of eighties music on the radios to make you you know feel like you're in the eighties kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I feel like a lot of the your street racing games do that at least. Um, I don't know if you've ever played like Initial D or anything, but they use a lot of Eurobeat, and I'm down with that. Well, that's because you're down with Eurobeat in general. So yes, I know. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, bro. Um, but yeah, I just like it, when it comes to our ability to discuss and dissect music. Like, I don't think we do a lot of dissecting. It's mostly how it uh, affects us uh, emotionally. Can it? Can it? You know capture our attention and keep it so um when it comes to our coming and ranking and deciding or even scoring music i don't it's not we never say anything we say as a fucking professional opinion but i think the uh the music segment is the least out of all of them a uh sort of justifiable kind of thing because it is the most subjective of all of our categories i think is music i would agree so um, just keep that in mind. I know that we're not going to hit everything, but, uh, you know, we talked, me and Nick, I, I said I was going to play little snippets of each of these, uh, tracks. I might play the whole things. I don't know. I'm doing them in post. So you guys will know whether the episode is, you know, an hour or two hours long, whether I put in the whole things or, um, small snippets. But, uh, yeah, so we can dive right into it. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Start at five? What you want to do? Um, I mean... You go yeah, first. I, mean, I guess I guess go first. Uh, so as I kind of said before, this isn't going to be my top five as much as it is going to be the top five uh, OSTs that I could that popped in my head before I wrote this list twenty minutes ago. Uh, so starting off, <laughs> we've known we were going to do this show for like three days, and he's like, Look, uh, ten minutes before the show starts, I'm going to put together my top five OSTs because I'm Nick and I'm a worthless piece of shit." As yeah, well. Like not ser- for, on a serious note here, I have uh, FFT, uh, FF7, Vector Profile were my top three, and then I kind of just Way the to last spoil two, it. I was like, eh, I'm not sure what to do, so I kind of whatever, fuck it. Most people don't care about what I have to say. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, like so, mine is gonna be such for the plot. Mine's gonna be such a fucking uh, like everybody's gonna be like, of course. So, but hey, what's your what's your well, number five game? Like, um, tell me about it. Your number four, I would have picked if the list was longer. Yeah, so. 
but I, I'll get to why it's my number four in a second. Because there was another game that it was there, and then I thought about it and took it off. All right. Um, so number five for me, uh, Breath of Fire 4. I know a lot of people probably would say, why not Breath of Fire 3? And that's because that's more Brent's bag. And that's what the one that was almost my number four is Breath of Fire 3. But my thing with it, the OST for Breath of Fire 3 is amazing. It's good. It's got this very jazzy feel to it. But I do not think it fits as well into the mood of Breath of Fire 3 as something else could. That's why it did not make my list because I don't think it's as um, cohesive to its entire thing, if you get what I'm saying. Yes, like it doesn't fit the theme of the game as much as much as something else would. Now, three, three is probably the most whimsical of all the Breath of Fires, but it's it's not as whimsical as the, um, the OST would have you believe. Definitely. Um, well, I chose Breath of Fire four mainly because uh i was looking through my music folder and uh saw one of the tracks bastard sword i was like yeah i really like that one and uh looked through everything i had downloaded and uh take the winnings and run was also there so i remember them being pretty fucking good they match the they're more cohesive with the theme of the game i think than they are than breath of fire's sound breath of fire 3 soundtrack is correct uh, because it's definitely got it's the whole game is heavily uh, heavy on the Asian influences. I wouldn't say more. I don't I don't know much about fucking Asian culture, but I would say it leans more Chinese than anything yes, else. I would agree. Um, and that is definitely presented uh, through the majority of the songs uh, that are in the OST. Um, the two I chose one is the ending battle. Uh, theme and it's got so much like that oriental string sound in it that uh, it's like I haven't heard anything like that before in any game before so it always caught my attention uh, and the bastard sword is, I think is one of the boss battle themes and uh, it's got almost like an ominous impending doom vibe to it which I really dig uh, and it's also of course uh, got a high BPM, which is definitely my bag. Uh, yeah, so that's essentially why I picked the Breath of Fire Four. Awesome. So I'm gonna play you some. Uh... Uh, I guess, or we get. I guess we we wrote down the uh, composers. So I should probably should mention it's composed by Yoshino Aoki. Okay. Cool. Um, now, did they do the rest of the Breath of Fire series, or just four? I'm, all right, but you're asking you're asking a lot out of me here. Oh boy, I'm sorry. He oh, it was like that. Two minutes. Oh my gosh. No, it's fine. Um, but I can gonna... I can I can confirm they've done the OST for Breath of Fire Four. Awesome. I'm glad we confirmed that knowledge, and we can move on to listen to Take the Winnings and Run and Bastard Sword.
All right, so Monterey 5 is a bit of a cheat um, because it's not an RPG. I think by our standards, we have decided that most, if not all, Legend of Zelda games are not RPGs, but I could not talk about video game RPG uh, or video game OSTs without talking about The Link to the Past uh, OST. Now, a lot of people really glom onto the Ocarina of Time OST as being one of the best OSTs of all time. Um, that that is that assessment of the music in, in Ocarina of Time is I think is fair, but for me, I just love Link to the Past so much. It's one of those games that um, really really defined. Uh, I was going to play a lot of video games in my day. Like it was just one of those games that's like, yes, this is for me. And um, I think the um, the music in it is just fantastic. Like it's just um, so colorful, so vibrant coming out of the SNES. Because um, just looking across our lists, we unfortunately have this might be the only chip based OST on the entire in our both our lists. Um, it's and... uh, everything else is oh no almost everything else is PS one. <laughs> Correct. Almost everything else is is everything else is basically orchestrated soundtracks and um it uh it just does so much it evokes so much emotion uh if you get a chance to listen to a lot of the uh, i know not everybody out there's a jazz guy but they have a lot of really cool uh light jazz melodies or um mashups of the link to the past ost i recommend everyone listen to it but i chose the Hyrule Field main theme and then the Dark World theme. So they're both your overworld themes in this game. And they they do the the thing that music and Zelda games always do, right? Like they, they, they're that adventure vibe, that high colorful charisma that those games project. Um, and whether you love or hate uh, Zelda games is a whole separate matter. They are. They have a certain mass appeal to them that I, I attribute to just the um, the charisma of the world. Like, cause you look at a um, a Zelda world, and it's just something special about it, if you ask me. So, but I'm going to um, go with uh, and that's Koji Kondo, by the way. Just as our composers are are so meticulously listed in our list here next to our our choices, but um, it's my cheat. I'm going to go with Link to the Past. Uh, we're going to listen to the Hyrule main field theme and the Dark World theme. If you can't just hear the hya and the the destruction of bushes in the background, I don't know what I don't know I don't know what you do with your childhood. Yeah, you didn't have a childhood. You didn't have a good one. So I listen to that. We come back.
Right, what's your number four, Nick? Nicholas? Uh, my number four is the Suikoden 2 soundtrack. Um, and I would say it's a... Probably shouldn't be in this spot. Yeah. Uh, honestly. I wouldn't say it would. Um, but the there are two songs specifically, and they are the two that I picked, that deliver, I guess, at least one, one in particular, delivers so much emotion during the scene that it is played in that it makes the entire soundtrack you're talking, about, you're talking about B, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it, that is such an it's such a fucking like, epic moment. And it's so it just sets the mood for like so much. <laughs> like it's 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 insane. It's uh it's, it's okay, so it's the chase. So it's when you're fighting fucking Luca Blight in the woods and you've mm-hmm. ambushed his ass. Yep. And it takes three it takes sixteen characters, three full parties to take this guy down, presumably, unless you've you know the fight's coming. And you've done some mad grinding. You take it down with your first party, whatever. Kudos to you. Uh, but your first time playing through, you're more than likely going to get your shit pushed in. Yeah. And it's the whole time the music's playing. It's it's like holy holy fuck, what am I doing? This is such an impending like force in front of me. It's almost insurmountable. And your character's like getting one shot, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck is happening <laughs> because yeah, you know, like this whole this whole time, this character is being lauded as this great warrior and this evil piece of shit, which happens in like a lot of games. Like the villain is like portrayed as a piece of shit or an evil person or yeah. whatever. But you get but never... very little uh, up to this point. Like it's kind of one of the things I like about Luca Blight as a villain in a video game is because you get some. You don't get any direct visions of him being a badass. Like you, you get some things like, and there's there's suggestion like where he wipes out the town and all this kind of stuff, but you never really see him physically do anything as terrifying as he does to your front privates when you fight him for the first time. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like that's why I think Luca Blight is a great villain because you're like, yeah. oh yeah, we've we've set up this plan. We're gonna ambush him. This guy can't be but so bad, right? I'm only this many hours into the game. They can't be but so bad. Wrong. You were so wrong. You are fucked. You are so fucked. This is the wrong choice. It's like I feel like this is the only instance of a game where they hype up the villain and he meets those or surpasses those expectations during uh, the actual conf- confrontation. Because there's, I think in a lot of RPGs, you you get a big bad and you have like the whole game to build up your resources. Well, Kafka and wins. Characters. Like I think I think they do okay with Kafka, because because of because uh, you know he wins halfway through the game, like he beats you and destroys the world. Yeah. So I think that's another example of it, but yeah, you're right as far as um, that's definitely true as well. Considered, I just I guess that was hard getting to the point where it's a uh, everybody tries to do it, but very few people actually may manage to succeed. Yeah, because and what they end up doing is that that uh, that boss one-upmanship where it's like you fight him, and in order to make it not feel underwhelming when you beat the guy you've been looking at the whole game, they then transform him into super monster, and then into super super monster, so that you you can just, you just gotta look at their, their mug in 14 different versions before you can beat the game to give yeah. you a sense of accomplishment. Um, 
and I I don't necessarily think that's the best way to make a villain feel dangerous. Definitely not. There's also those people that they it's a, there's a there's a trope for it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like surprise I'm the I was the villain the whole time kind yeah. of thing where you you fight who you think is the main antagonist and then uh, you defeat them and it's like surprise this, this dude comes out of the fucking curtains and he's like I'm actually the guy controlling all the the machinations that have been happening. It's like I don't I don't get why people feel the need to do that. But hey, whatever, it's their stories. What have you. And most uh, times like the person that comes out from behind the curtains is like a nobody. Like it's not somebody that you've been introduced to yet in the course of the storytelling. Yeah. And I understand I think it's effective and can work when it's somebody that you've been introduced to already or even better, like you've been working alongside the whole time. Right, mm-hmm. like those turns and twists make sense dramatically, but just to introduce a whole new character to say, "Ha ha ha ha!" No, I'm the real master. Is kind of, I don't know if they're. It's like they're trying to do Star Wars, where Darth Vader's the bad guy, and so you find out about the Emperor. Like, I don't, I don't know if I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, well, the one that stands out to me is like FF Nine, where you're fighting, you fight Kuja at the end, or Kuja, whatever fuck's name is. Yeah. And then you beat him, and then it's like this god thing comes out of fucking yeah. nowhere, and it's like, oh, I've created you. But you get like some fucking plot. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I gotta fight you now. Yeah, great. Nine's the worst example of that, I think, um, as far as like Final Fantasy games go. I'm sure we could find something outside of sure. the Final Fantasy. Um, Actually, did some line. research and shit. But yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Um, um, my other song is Gothic Necklord because uh, he's the my favorite vampire in any work of fiction. Uh, you mean it's not it's not from one of the, the Twilight guy? I actually like the werewolf guy in that more. Oh God! <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I don't know if I should I don't know if I should be upset that like that you chose a side. Like I feel like I don't know. Well, I've always been more. I guess I have more of an affinity with werewolves than vampires and shit. So anytime there's a werewolf was a vampire mm-hmm. type thing, I'm always with the the lichens. Like uh, the Underworld lichen series, I always like the lichen characters more, and they're actually the good guys. The vampires are always fucking cunts. So well, yeah, because it's yeah. it's like it's they fit the elf and orc stereotype a little bit, and I don't know. It's just it is what it is. Yeah, and I'm not much of a like a bestial type person, as in like letting your innate instincts kind of take over mm-hmm. so i always I guess, kind of feel attracted to that in characters where they lose control i just think and i think it's time that we get some new tropes like because we got the like we've always had lycanthropes we've always had werewolves right and then there's like, like there's, the, there's games that are like werecats like there's the like there's like, were, there's like werecats well i mean like people that turn into it at night you know like werewolves yeah. do like it's a curse Right, so you got like werewolves, and then like I've heard of like were bears as a thing, and then of course there's like uh, were rats, but like why not like a like a were lizard creature or just like a were tiger or just I think there's time. Or, oh, how about a were rhino? Oh, a Ra- were dude. Breath of Fire three had Ray was a were tiger. How about a? I want to wear. I want to wear rhino. Can we have a were rhino? Isn't that just rhino? The rhino, the villain. No, I think he puts on a suit. Oh, I don't fucking know. I'm not a superhero guy. But uh, I think your best bet at finding where oh uh, critters would be to look up some furry fan fiction, and you'd probably get that, that need stated pretty quick. No, I'm good. I don't need any more furries in my life. 
okay, I don't need any of it. <laughs> Fair Not enough. even a little bit. So um, we're going to listen to those two lovely pieces by Miki... Higashino? Higashino. I'm glad, because uh, I almost butchered that way worse than that. Uh, we're going to listen well, to that. Uh, somebody told me a long time ago that Japanese very syllabic. So you typically have a consonant vowel, and that's one syllable. Uh, so if you look at a word, it's, it'd be like Higashino. But I anyway... See. See, I'm glad uh, we had a lesson in uh, Japanese naming conventions. And we're going to listen to those. When we come back, we'll talk about my number four.
my number four is no surprise, I think, to anybody. If I didn't get Breath of Fire 3 on here, then I was going to have Legend of Mana on here. Um, Yoko Shimomura does an awesome job in this OST, and I actually chose to... Because this, this this OST, has said before, it does a lot of this, this fantastical storybook fairy tale kind of thing, but it also does this really well, like this... It does really well setting frantic pace when frantic pace is needed. Um, with a lot of high energy, high uh, just chaos, almost um, this this need to um, move forward, to run, to to do your thing. Um, and I chose two of those type tracks this time because we've listened to a bunch of the others. I chose Traveler's Road and uh, Blazing Castle, and they're more of your your up tempo, um, let us get going type of uh, type of tracks. I don't have a whole lot else to add about Legend of Mana's uh, OST this time because I I've spoke leagues about it before. It's I think it fits the the visual aesthetic, the story. I think it just fits everything that's being presented. And on top of that, it's it's incredible music. There's so few tracks that that I think um, fall flat in uh, Legend of Mana. So that's why it's my number four choice. She even managed to make like hard rock. Yep. Uh, be more like fairy tale ish mm-hmm. sounding. And you'll hear that in Blazing Castle a little bit. It's this this very um, rock rock. Uh, it's you know, I don't know how. Personally, I would have cho- chosen Irwin on Reflection, but, but I know. think we've played it on the show before. I was tried, and yeah. a lot of these I tried to steer away from tracks we've already played on the show, um, just because. Yeah, but my philosophy was if this is somebody's. First, second, third, whatever episode that I've heard of yet. And, and I, what so I would like to do with the when yeah. when we're done with this, like when I put the show together and put it in a post, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try and put together playlists for your top five and my top five, um, like YouTube playlists or something. They can just click on it in the show notes and they can go listen to what my top five OST playlist sounds like and what your top five OST playlists sound like, so they can get the whole. Oh, that'd be interesting. Shebang. But um, I think I'm going to try and do that, but no guarantees. But um, we're going to listen to Traveler's Road, then Blazing Castle. When we come back, we're going to get Nick's number three. I wonder if it's a surprise or not. It's probably not, because he's already spoiled it.
Nick, what's your number three? Uh, I might have spoiled it, but uh, you're relying on people to not have a short attention span and also to actually listen to anything that I say. That's true. They don't do that. Nobody likes you. No. Nobody. I'm the black sheep of this show. Okay. Sure. Anyway, Back Your Profile is my number three by Motoyu Sakuraba, uh, my favorite composer. So, uh, I already spoke leagues and bounds of this soundtrack when we talked about the show to the review. Um, but it's definitely, uh, as Brent kind of stated in the show, uh, probably the basis for my uh, taste, musical taste, as I've gotten older. And the first song I've chosen is The True Nature of All, which I also chose for the show. It's my favorite song on the OST. And it's uh, the song that you get when you fight Loki at the end of the game. If you've done everything properly and you've gotten the A ending. And it, uh, it's got a kind of majestic regal sound to it. Where I guess it would be more like Loki's theme. As he thinks he is... Because he's done, made all these plans and essentially destroyed the, the world. And he's gloating about it and saying how he's all-powerful, all this kind of shit, whatever, you know, how Loki does. Uh, so you're fighting him, and the theme during the fight, I guess, just reflects him and his character. And it's a masterpiece, in my opinion. The next song I chose was Ancient Fantasies Eternal, and it is one of the dungeon themes. And I chose it because I think I chose a different dungeon theme last time. And you could probably, this is probably the only soundtrack I could say for, cer for certain that I would more often than not listen to the dungeon themes more than I would any of the battle themes. Because hmm. they, yeah, the way that he, yeah. the way he, he composed them is that each, location has an identity and the theme supports the identity as such that it's almost i'm just fucking biased i guess but it almost feels like you're there uh you get some of that i guess emotion and i don't like that that kind of experience that you're in in the location kind of thing at least to me from a lot of the the soundtracks in the game kind of evoking something something in me at least personally and that's so, all that yeah, matters man like if it, if it makes look i don't i don't care what anybody says about what is good music what is bad music if a piece of music makes you feel any certain sort of way it has done its job if it, it doesn't need to do that for everybody but if it if it does it for you then it is within every fire of your being your right to love that piece of music and that is that's essentially how i feel about the ost as a whole there are some duds and that's because i don't really like low or slower more like so you like just don't slow. like music i like and i it's fine it's fine it's fine essentially like there's like some a lot of like really slow somber stuff like i, I like faster paced somber stuff mm -hmm. but the slow shit i'm like uh there are some songs that are slow that i can really get into uh, but they are very few and far between. And thankfully, this OST has a lot of fast-paced songs. Oh yeah, no, it's a very because it's it's because it it has a very uh, it gives the game because uh, the game itself and like playing it 
it is it is smooth and it is kind of fast, but just like the way you're moving around the world and doing what you're doing feels kind of slow and bogged down. But you add the music, the frenetic uh, feeling of the music, kind of gives you that um, that sense of urgency that the gameplay and the storytelling might not be doing for you. Because you are preparing for Ragnarok, there needs to be a certain sense of urgency, right? So exactly. I think the music does it where some of the other aspects of the game fails. I also think that uh, during the combat, because it uses a combo-ish kind of fighting system, mm -hmm. that a lot of the faster-paced music might help you kind of keep beat and get yeah, a combo I going. I can see that. I can see that. But, yep, yeah, that's it. All right, so we're going to listen to uh, The True Nature of All and Ancient Fantasies Eternal. When we come back, we'll cover my number three. My number three, and I know I'm going to hurt some feelings here, um, is Chrono Cross. And before you at me, bro, uh, I do believe the Chrono Cross OST is better than Chrono Trigger. While it's not a better game, I think the OST is better. Um, I think the um, 
just full orchestrated nature in like they do this thing because in the game there is these two different worlds these two different um, timelines or realities and the first track i picked another goldove is they're very good at taking the themes for each of the areas and tweaking it where it's it's inherent essence or what makes it sound like it whatever it's supposed to be they can keep that but give it a different mood right so they manage to keep like i don't know if it's the the ephemeral nature or the arrangement or whatever they're doing technically to make that happen but i think it's it's very powerful um because you go into what seems like should be a familiar place but it's not and it gives it gives each of these encounters this very very alien nature it can, it can sort of while the music is beautiful it can sort of emphasize the um the discomfort that these characters must be going through traversing these two worlds um where you know they may exist in one world and completely not in the other so um i think it does that fantastically and then the second one i picked is probably one of the more um up tempo uh word of the day frenetic uh tracks in the game and it's the orphanage of flame this is taking place when you are essentially going back in time to this um this orphanage fire and it's uh it's it it kind of gives you this sense of panic almost a little bit and uh as do most themes being played in games where something's on fire but i felt like uh this added a certain level of menace to it as well that i find uh i just find compelling and uh i find so much of the ost for chrono cross just to be just to be beautiful um it's yasunori mitsuda and uh like i said it's just i don't want to take anything away from the chrono trigger ost okay like it did amazing things with the snes chip but when i go through the list of the ost for chrono trigger while there are more songs that i like than songs i dislike or meh about like i can listen to almost the entirety of the chrono cross ost um and not want to skip a track or do anything like that because it's just so well assembled if you will um it's one of my all-time favorites hence it being three so do you have anything to add about the chrono cross ost uh i think you covered it pretty good uh but i guess as a side comment to your chrono trigger comparison they Chrono Cross, definitely hands down, the, the OST is the best part of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess it's, it could have potentially happened the same for Chrono Trigger if they had access to. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, the full orchestration. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, even then, the, the emotion of that game is different than the emotion of Chrono Cross. And yes. the feelings that are evoked through the OST and Chrono Cross, I don't know that they would be able to accomplish that even up, updating the sound, the, the instruments, everything mm-hmm. for Chrono Trigger. I don't think that it, it would, it would carry the same weight. Yes. Because I think, because uh, Chrono Trigger is very good, but the, um, I don't know, like the, 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 like you're right. The story is more, it's definitely more classic save the world yes it's more it's more classic it's more um it's got a stronger trope 
um, bone structure to it. Uh, it's it it's 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 very you know heroes saving the world, whereas the emotion of Chrono Cross less comes from the impending doom nature. It's more like this weird. And I think it completely falls flat in its storytelling. I'm not here trying to defend the the um, Chrono Cross's story, but I think what emotion you get out of Chrono Cross comes from the music because it's this this like ephemeral like identity crisis, like like who am I? Why do I exist? Like it's this ponderance of existence type story that's so weird and esoteric that. Um, it needs a really solid, robust soundtrack to carry it, and I think the OST for Chrono Cross just nails it. So, Agreed. So uh, we're going to listen to another Goldove and Orphanage of Flame, and when we come back, we're going to cover Nick's number two.
Nick, what's your number two? Well, uh, I think you should say we're going to cover Nick and Brent's number two. Yeah. Because we both have chosen Final Fantasy VII by Nobuo Uematsu. Yeah, and that might be a be like, oh boy, shocker, Brent chose FF7. Or it might be shocker, he chose it as number two. Um, but yeah, FF7, like it's it's one of the classic video game OSTs. Like it's it's just, it's got so much variety and it, it does very little of it wrong. I personally think it's uh, Uematsu's magnum opus. But I would agree. I would agree. It's that. Uh, there's something about almost every song in this game that it's I don't care who you are, where you at, where you're at in your life, what kind of upbringing you've had, if you if you're a mass murderer or you're a nun in a fucking church, I almost guarantee that anybody can listen to this this OST and enjoy 90% of the songs in it. Mm-hmm. It has mass appeal in without being mass appeal garbage yeah it's i guess not if pop. you know it's not well it's not like it's not even it's not it's lowest not it's common not denominator pop. it's not lowest it's, common denominator it's well, it's less that it's not that like that's it's that's a huge factor but i was like, i guess what i'm getting at is that it's got something to it that it's got that but it almost touches that fucking stop cat it's got that, almost touches uh, that stop cat. What's a stop cat? And why are we touching it? It's like I don't believe in this really, but there's the whole like consciousness thing. Mm-hmm. Something about this OST taps into that. I would say it's okay. I can it's, see it's, that. It's, it's got this. I don't fucking know. It's fucking amazing. It's one of the best OSTs ever created. And you're right, it is, I think it's his magnum opus because it's like his first chance, like this is on a disc, and they're they're going to put this bitch on multiple discs, you know, and I don't want to take anything away from Final Fantasy VI's OST, I think that's another amazing OST that comes off a chip, and like the, the whole opera scene and everything, just the emotion that new, uh, always uh, in you gets uh, out of out of those really impactful scenes in Six is amazing. But this is him given the reins to just eat up the memory and the scene any which way he feels. And it is uh, obviously such a passion um, project that it just shows in every every track. So uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, like, I, I think I understand what you mean by that stream of consciousness type thing because... Most of the tracks, especially the themes, tell a story, right? Like even something like um, like Genova, if you listen to the whole track, it kind of tells like a very alien, menacing story um, in its own right. Like you listen to Genova, uh, you get very much um, the nature of of Genova without having to know anything about Genova. Exactly. Um, and the same thing goes for um, my second choice. The overworld theme, I think, is very... It's at least very special to me because the first time you hit the overworld map, it's impressive, right? Because you open up in this big world and like I was blown away because to that point... Like, you'd been in such a narrow, confined, 
dirty thing to open up to this world with all this green and blue and bright vividness and you expect you expect to hear this grand adventurous overture but that's not what you get you get this this slow um melancholy sort of um structure with this very uh sort of menacing underbeat to it that um is almost scary right like it's like it's like uh this is supposed to be happy but there's obviously something dark um going on as well and i think it's masterfully done and my other choice is bombing mission and i just chose that because it is like i can't not hear that opening like ping 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 with and not just see the the image of Aerith in front of the the little oven with the green uh particle effects and like see her turn around and the tr- it's just I can't just I can't see that or even hear the song without just this huge flood of just nostalgia like and if any any track ever for anybody or at least for me like i can't think of another video game song that triggers nostalgia more than the opening um to bombing mission like it not the playstation sound not the sega sound not all these things i heard a million times turning on consoles as a kid it's that fucking opening to bombing mission and that's why i chose it all right i gotta i got something to say about main theme i guess overworld is that uh Kind of like you were saying, most RPGs, you get to the world map and you're expecting like an adventure sounding world map theme. Mm-hmm. This one, it kind of hints at the general emotion you're going to be experiencing through the whole game. Yeah. Because it's not a very, there's very rarely any happy moments in this. It's a definitely not a... And it's, every it's time a, there is, like, it's just that, that just like the beat does, right on its heels is something dark and menacing. Not even then, like, you get some happy sounding songs too. Like, you get Golden yeah. Saucer, but yeah. obviously manufactured happiness because you're in a fucking amusement park. And yeah. so there's always, there's always some, like, cynicism behind even the most positive things. Yeah, because Golden Saucer, you end up in the prison at its yeah. base. So there's nothing, nothing about the OST I guess betrays what it actually is. Yeah, the true nature. Yeah. So it's it's something I always thought was very in, intriguing about the game itself as well. Yeah. Um the songs I chose are Genova, which Brent mentioned earlier, and Crazy Motorcycle Chase. And that is only because how can you not love the crazy motorcycle chase song yeah, when you're no, riding so a fucking good. motorcycle? You're swinging protecting... a sword that weighs more than the motorcycle. It's just amazing and ridiculous. It's the best. Uh, it's the it's best mini game in the game for sure for me. So, oh man, you telling me you didn't like the the Mog dating sim thing? Oh no, that's the worst. You only yeah. play that to get the big uh, upfront yeah, fucking no, Moogle point shit. All right, <laughs> I like the snowboard mini game a lot. I think the snowboard one is great. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, and Nick's not a big FF7 fanboy, so, uh, it makes my heart warm that he chose it, chose it here. Uh, let's go, we're gonna listen to a whole bunch of FF7 for a minute. (laughs) You have to give props where props are due. He, he may not be my favorite composer, but it's not, that's like saying, like, you don't like Beethoven over fucking Mozart or something like that. Like, he is the, the cream of the crop, the top 
in his one of the top in his field. And he this is the, one of the best OSTs to ever have been created. And you have to respect that. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So let's listen to a whole bunch of FF7 real quick. We'll listen to uh, Bombing Mission, Crazy Motorcycle Chase, Main Theme, and then Genova. We come back, we will do, I guess we'll do your number one first.
right, Nick, what's your number one OST of all time for this episode? All right. <laughs> it might be something. Oh, it probably will never be something different. Uh, even fair. if I do, we do another a top five OST like a year from now. Uh, it's it's going to be Final Fantasy Tactics by Hitoshi Sakamoto. And I think he had some other people working with him on it. But mm-hmm. uh, these particular two songs were done by him solely. And they are Cry of Pain with an exclamation point, which is very important. Because there's also a cry of pain without an exclamation point. Yes. And they are two different yes. songs. Uh, and Ultima, The Perfect Body, which is the final like final thing. form. Yeah. yeah uh, final form Ultima OST. Um, I spent... Because uh, Brett and I were... I almost said fucking Nick and I. What the hell? So you're I good at what you do, Nick. Don't much. worry about it, <laughs> I know I talked to you. Just shut up. Just shut up. Brett, Brett and I were talking... Uh, a bit before we started recording and I spent like half the time of that looking for my song choices. And it's, it was a struggle because I feel like this soundtrack for this game is very consistent. It's very consistent and it's very, I don't know, like deep with it's orchestrations, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to properly describe how I feel about it. It's essentially that there is every scene that takes place in the game, and you have a sound, and there's fucking sound going on with it, syncs so perfectly. Yeah, you know that, a good way to put this, and it's this is a less serious way to say it, but it's like old school cartoons where they have to orchestrate the music behind it because they can't do talking. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing where every scene, every stop moment of dialogue, it feels like almost all of them have their own track in this OST because it's massive. It's a massive OST. It's like I don't know, like eighty plus songs. I want to yeah. say I don't, I don't know for sure, but I know there's two discs if you get the physical yeah. version of it. Um, and adding to that, it's such a I guess like there's a lot of the games I've picked. It's such a dis like a a heavy game with what it's uh, the themes it's going for, like betrayal, uh, heresy, all, all kinds of shit. Like two two opposing view, uh, two people making two different paths to try to fix the same problem, kind of thing, and the different ways to go about it, mm-hmm. and coming from two different worlds and all, whatever, all this kind of shit. And it's lot, lots of death, lots of people getting fucked over. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's like if you were to take, if you were to put a, write, a, write a score for like the medieval age, uh, the, yeah, the medieval ages, it would be this soundtrack. Okay. Cause it yeah it does I mean it uses a lot of like the the battles like this this very uh, it's a it's a very cut clean sort of waltz like uh, it's it, you're right like I like the uh, OST is very dark ages very medieval um, but so is the game. lots of church bells lots of church bells which is I don't mind it's fucking wonderful <laughs> so um, all it needs is a little Gregorian chant right and that's it's oh. complete. I would I would masturbate to this OST if that was the case. 
Uh, but no, we're going to listen to Cry of Pain, exclamation point, and Ultima, The Perfect Body. We come back, we'll cover my number one.
All right, so my number one, um, and it has it has solidified since since playing this game, it has solidified its its way up there, and it is Octopath Traveler's OST by Yasunori Nishiki. Um, basically, a newcomer on the on, he's done very little beforehand, but this is just so impressively emotional, like just these long. Uh, powerful notes through through each theme through each part like i i don't think i'll ever play the game again but every time a, a track comes up i can't not visualize the part of the game it came from and i can't like it makes me want to play it even though my mind knows better i don't really want to play any more octopath traveler the the music i i hope i never stop listening to it's uh just so impressively um just emotional and epic and grand like it's just this amazing thing the way that the uh the composer weaves these each of these individual themes and they have um like these little overtures for every character and it's just like everything that's happening is so revolved around one of these eight characters and while I think that fails the story, I think it makes the OST into something very, very special. Um, and I have chosen the main theme mostly because if you listen to the rest of the OST, you will sort of... This is very much like the, um, the Star Wars theme in that you get each of the characters' themes sort of come in and out. And you get this very um, wide scope impression of uh the game uh, as a whole and then i chose alfin's theme because it didn't make my my uh list or one of my choices when i did the bonus review with Cujo. it's this um almost naive um sort of uh jazz it's very i don't know how to describe it it's 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 I don't want to say melancholy, melancholy, but it's very like um, there's a sense of duty to it almost, where it, you know he's just going around trying to do the right thing and um, bring his skills to everybody, and it sort of almost reminds me of Aerith's uh, not Aerith, Tifa's theme in that way because it's got the 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 saxophone to it and it's very um, like these long wilting notes, and it's just. Uh, it's one of those ones that I just kind of lose myself in when I listen to. Um, so I, 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 I've just fallen head over heels in love with the OST for, for Octopath Traveler. If I could have it on vinyl, I would hang it on the wall, like full hipster fucking style. Like it just, um, it's that cool. So, um, I know you probably don't have well, a lot to add to it, uh, cause you uh, haven't played it, but all I can really say, I got like three hours into it because fuck Fuck the Switch. I don't know why I keep buying Nintendo products, but whatever. Um, well, I'm losing mine, so I'll take yours. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I will say, though, that I think I was... I played it on the, the way down to Petersburg mm-hmm. for some fucking thing. I don't remember what the hell we were doing. Maybe it was like 4th of July or something. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but I had been listening to the... Like, trying to listen to the sound coming out the switch and i couldn't really hear it and that nicole likes talking when she's driving yeah. and i was like like i do uh, all the time i'm like sorry but i really want to listen to this 
game because it sounds from what I can hear, even though this fucking car is driving by and shit, it sounds good. So I want to listen to this. So she wasn't very happy, but from what what I did listen to, it is definitely really emotive. Yes. And I do need I it's I will eventually fin- play the game and like completely and finish it. And I do hope that I enjoy the OST as much as you. So like just just out of for for shits and gigs, like I want you to listen to let me see if I can find this. Um I want you to listen to either like you can listen to Battle at uh, Journey's End or Ulbricht's Boss Battle, uh, Boss Battle Two, or Ulbricht's Theme. I think any of those um, you would like a lot, and uh, All right. I recommend you just just take a just take a a peep at them. There are links to them in the um, show notes for the bonus review I did with Cujo because they were his picks. I think okay. they were very in line with um, choices you would have made. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's incredibly emotive. of the. Um, it's intense when it needs to be intense. Uh, the whole game is is sort of melodramatic, but I don't think I think the it serves the music very well to be as um, striking as it is. So well, we're gonna listen to main theme and Alfin's theme when we come back. We'll close it out. Wish everybody a happy holidays and New Year and all that stuff. So. I don't fuck you. Fuck the holidays. We'll be right back. <laughs>
So you're saying fuck the holidays. I'm inclined to agree, but... Uh, that's only because I am a Scrooge, and I don't... Like, there's... I don't understand. I guess I'm not really a feeler type of person, but I guess people get really feely around this time, and I don't. I don't. So when people yeah. get all feely and shit up in my face, and um, it's not really my cup of tea, and it I gets see, old. I guess. I guess it's like the one time a year, like I I, I let it go, like you know, because I'm I'm typically not either. So it's like. Uh... I guess it's also like I feel like it's hip. A hip, a hip, a hypocritical. Speaking of, yeah, it's hypocritical. Uh, especially when people are like, "Oh, it's the time of year when you gotta love everybody." Like, nah, nah, bitch. You should be loving everybody all year round, and you should be showing your respect and appreciation for people all the time. That's correct. But hey, what the fuck? What the fuck do I know? I'm just some piece of shit that sits at home most of the time by himself. That's true. You are a piece of shit. Yes. And I do sit at home by myself most of the time. So, um, I guess we'll get to birth by sleep at some point. If uh, we're still not in it, we'll drop something else in, or we'll cut it out and go straight to Kingdom Hearts 3. Who knows what the fuck we'll do. Playing by the seat of our pants here, guys. Uh, so That's okay, because that's what we wanted to do anyway. Um, I'm not quite ready to drop the whole shebang on everybody yet but there could be some changes for me in the immediate future that uh could slightly impact the show so uh after you know if the next episode may be a little late and the quality of my voice may change for a little while um but no worries the show's not stopping or going anywhere just um changes for old brent rooney and i just want to make everybody aware that uh they can expect some changes and uh but we'll work it out. I mean, it's it's it is what it is. We will keep playing games and talking about them, so not the end of the world. Um, what else? Oh, big shout out to my boy Menth. Uh, sent me a big old box of Swedish candy. I've been digging on that. Uh, I'm surprised you still have some left. Oh, I've I've put a big hurting on it, like an emotional white girl. I'll tell you, like it's been it's been savage. So. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, good times. Appreciate that, buddy. We really appreciate it. I got a book I want to send him as soon as I get the funds together to to ship over to Sweden. It's insane shipping. I just holy shit. So, um, but no, to each and everybody that's uh, donated on the PayPal uh, link recently, uh, we really appreciate it. Next year's server calls have already been paid. Uh, so hot damn big. Uh, big ups on that everything we get um through the next season will help to upgrade something or another um or because i we really eventually sooner rather than later we probably need to upgrade um or add addition some sort of additional thing so that we can because i gotta fix the rss thing to have more than 100 episodes i haven't wrapped my head around the best logistical way to do that yet um because there are free alternatives that uh, are time intensive, like would take, you know, a full work week in hours to complete successfully. Um, well, if you need to delegate any work to me, you can do so. Well, that's Just, what I uh, figure out when I don't count on them like being done as quickly as you hope. Cause I you know, know I'm a lazy piece of shit. See, here's the thing. Cause if I, if I go with a paid solution, I, cause I don't want to put the work in before I know whether I'm going with a paid solution or not. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if we do all the work and then I just turn around and like, pay another rss 
sort of thing. Because, see, the good thing about our hosting service is I can put unlimited, like, I have unlimited storage and backup. Like, I mean, I could put an episode up every day and never reach, like, a data upload cap, which everybody else seems to have. Like, everybody else, your plan um, is dependent on how much uploading you're going to be doing. And um, I don't like that because if I want to do another show or do bonus episodes, I don't want to run into a, oh, shit, I've uploaded my max amount this week kind of bullshit. So the thing I really like about our host is all of that stuff is unlimited and it constantly getting backed up i get notices all the time that uh i have backups and all this stuff is all squared away i have i feel great about all that this the problem is whatever they use to like funnel their rss so like the file on the server side for whatever reason is limited to 100 episodes so i have to figure out a way that I can, because I could potentially get another service that is essentially just an RSS compiler, and it essentially pulls the RSS um, directly from the site, but holds more than 100 episodes, and then I link that to iTunes, so that the middle service essentially isn't holding any 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 significant data, because all of the, the show files and everything are backed up to the website. You kind of get what I'm saying? Or, I have additional feeds in iTunes like a season one, a season two, a season three, and a season four or what have you um, or episodes one through a hundred you know and then we have to do that every time we reach a hundred episode milestone which sounds shitty because I don't want to divert sort of traffic but I guess it doesn't matter because we're not really optimized our, our search engine optimization and traffic funneling and all that shit anyway so I guess it really doesn't matter. Um, but for the time being, if this is for some reason your first episode and you're still here, because I don't know why you would be, um, all backlogs of the episode that are not listed in your podcatcher are available on the website um, as an MP3 downloader to listen to right in your browser. So if you're interested in anything previous to episode 13, I believe, um, at this current point in time, you can head on over to the website and listen to that just fine. Um, you, you might even be able to see the original post I did with the f- first, like, super terrible paint uh, uh, logo I made. So, uh, that's probably there. Uh, but, yeah, no, um, I think that's it. You can visit our uh, website at therpgshow.com. Send us an email, podcast at therpgshow.com. Um, leave us a rating review on iTunes. Each one counts. We love you for it. If you're not listening to us on iTunes, you're getting us through youtube or wherever else you're getting us make sure you do all the things appropriate for there um most podcatcher apps have a way to leave ratings and reviews so please do um i just hate when i go on itunes and we're lower than people that haven't put out episodes in ages like i'm just like what the fuck what the fuck um but hey what you gonna do um twitter at the rpg podcast the rpg show on facebook what am i missing uh i don't know that ye old amazon affiliate link and paypal donation buttons are on the website as well check those out check out our friends blaine and james over at the is it worth a podcast um real good dudes uh i do need to reach out to blaine because i don't know how my impending situation may affect my ability to record that ocarina of time episode i knew they held up for me and it just it it might fall through. Um, 
but I'll talk to him about that. So if this is the first you're hearing of it, Blaine, then be sure to text me because I forgot. I went to bed and forgot, and I'm sorry. I'm a terrible person. Um, I think that's it. So until next so. time, uh, bah humbug. Damn, that's uh, that's not good. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's stop.